the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christ didn't simply heal a paralyzed man. He transformed him, both physically and spiritually. Those who are saved understand the very physical and spiritual relationship they have with Jesus Christ. If you know this, want this for someone else or for yourself, keep listening. The Transformative Power of Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, everyone, and Happy New Year. I hope that everyone had a blessed and merry and happy holiday season. Uh, I know my family and I did. It was truly a blessing to spend time. Uh, You know, we've been all separated from our families, and that, that makes things very, very difficult for many of us. And I hope everybody's safe out there and and enjoying the new year. Let's let's start with prayers. We always should. Father God, we we come to you today with great uh, gratitude in our hearts and humble hearts for looking forward to 2021, Father, and and what you have to bring for us. We we are praying that it is a better year, and we are praying that that you are keeping people safe and that those that have been sick, that, that you're healing them. And uh, we're trusting in you to do that. And we're asking for peace and comfort for their families. And Father, we just ask that uh, as we go into this difficult week, from a political perspective, we ask that you heal our nation and keep people focused on their relationship with you and not all the distractions that the enemy would have us focus on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, last week we talked about New Year's resolutions and we talked about how 80 percent of the people don't keep their New Year's resolutions uh, through the first week of February and how a high percentage of people were in the first week of January. Twenty seven percent don't keep them. And so we talked about, you know, maybe we should make a different kind of resolution this year. And that is a resolution to to make our goals vertical and to take take our to try to be more kingdom minded as we go into the new year because in uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 in the in the wonderful sermon on the mount the majestic sermon on the mount that Jesus gave at the beginning of his ministry uh, we hear that uh, the, he says seek the kingdom of god first and his righteousness and all these other things will be given to you as well. And so often we focus on worldly things. You know, we want more money. We want more uh, prestige. We want, uh, you know, a better job. We want this and that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Jesus wants you to have an abundant life. But if we take things to him first and we trust in him, then our lives change. And that's what this program is about, is the transformative power of Christ. And, you know, the reason that we named this program like we did is because we've lived this. Uh, I lived uh, for much of my life not living for the Lord, uh, living for myself, uh, living selfishly, uh, not focused on my relationship with Jesus Christ, but focused on all these material things. And this world is is just a mist, the Bible tells us. It's transitory. And, uh, you know, at some point my life changed in a way that I began to rely on Jesus Christ. My relationship with him became the most important thing in my life. And it is truly, truly transformative. 
And I know that sometimes that's difficult for people because we get so distracted and and so the enemy's out there like a roaring lion and we get so distracted on all the things of the world whether it be the pandemic or or whether it be the election results or whether it be we feel like we got passed over for a promotion or or people are talking about us or or we're mad at somebody and we want revenge you know revenge is best served cold or you know we just we get so hung up on these things and so I want to start this new year with uh, an extension of of that last sermon about about taking our resolutions vertical and I want to talk about blocking and tackling. Let's start this new year right. Let's start with a strong foundation. You know, it's been football season. I don't know, probably not everybody's a football fan, but uh most of you have watched a little bit of it and, uh, and w- watched some games over the it's not nearly as important in my life as it was at one point, but I I tuned into some games here and there. And um so you know, in football, you just don't go out and say, we're going to be the greatest team ever and we're going to score a bunch of touchdowns and, and we're going to stop the other team. You start in in spring practice and, and you start in, in training camp and you learn the the basics. You learn how to block and tackle. And, and you know, we, we you learn how to, how to throw the ball, how to catch the ball, because you can't go out and do all these wonderful things until you have the basics down. And that's true with anything. You know, if you're a dancer, you've got to learn the dance steps. Uh, if you're an accountant, you've got to learn the basics of accounting. Uh, if you're a lawyer, which is my part-time job, um, you've you got to learn the law. You've got to study the law and how it works and read some ca- – anyway, you've got to learn the fundamentals. And so often, you know, we go through life, we go through church, and, and we listen to sermons, and, you know, there are some brilliant pastors out there that give some incredible sermons deep about, uh, you know, scriptures and passages in the Bible, stories, and how it goes to our life today, and, and that's wonderful. But we forget the basic tenet of Christianity, and the basic tenet of Christianity is all you need is love. And that's what I want to start with. And, you know, we, we say these things, that's so easy, but we get distracted. We do. Have you ever been reading a book and you, you read a couple pages and you think, where am I? <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. Or listen to a book on tape or something because we daydream. We get distracted. And, and this happens to us in life. And what separates, we're going to get into this a little bit later in some detail, but what separates Christianity from all the other religions of the world and what lets us know it's, it's from God is the emphasis on love. Christianity practices a radical kind of love. You know, Jesus says even the pagans can can love their family, love the ones they love. No, we're to love everyone, outcasts, Samaritans, enemies. We're supposed to pray for enemies. Love is what separates Christianity from everything else, from all the people. That's what separates it from the world. So all you need is love. And if you get nothing else from this sermon today, I want you to take that. And think about it and live it. Live love. You know, you might say, Pastor John, don't we need faith? Don't we need repentance? Don't we need sobriety? Don't we need forgiveness? Don't we need grace? Don't we need joy? Don't we need peace? Well, of course we do. But if we have love, everything else follows. In Matthew chapter 22, the Pharisees are trying to trick Jesus. And that one of them asks him, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? In verse 37, Jesus answers, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus says something that's really profound if you think about it. All the law and the prophets hang on these commandments. 
Jesus is saying, you know, it's a time when the Israelites were really hung up on the law. And, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees that were trying to trick Jesus, they were really watching him to see if he if he adhered to all the provisions of the law. So this was a big deal when he said that. He said, all the law and the prophets hang on these commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Are are you living that way? I want to ask you. I want you to ask yourself, are you living that way? And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus doesn't just mean the guy living next door to you. He means everyone that you encounter in this life. So why would Jesus say that? Why would he say everything hangs on that? You see, because if we have love, we trust God. No matter what happens to us, we lean on him, not our own understanding. We trust him. And if we trust God, then we have peace no matter what we go through. Wouldn't you like to have more peace in your life? No matter what you go through, all the trials and tribulations of this world, wouldn't you like to have more peace? If we have peace, we have security that he has us in his hands. Never forget that. God has you in his hands. When you belong to him, he has you in his hands. If we have love, we have faith. And we have faith, but we have hope. Because we know that this world is only transitory. Because our true home is our eternal home and our father's house. If we have love, we have his love, his strength to become overcomers for whatever tribulations the world sends our way or whatever strongholds temporarily bind us. We have peace. We have security. We have love. We have joy and security. If we have love, we have all these things. In Matthew 6.33, as we discussed earlier, but seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. The number one thing that we're supposed to do is love him and love one another. You know, Jesus says in John chapter 14, three times he says, this is where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. But he starts out that with, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. I want to ask you, do you have the Holy Spirit in your life? Do you have that advocate to rely on, to encourage you, to teach you, to show you what's right? You know, C.S. Lewis said, if you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you know what is right. He's planted it in your heart. You don't have to struggle with what's the right thing to do. He's given it to you. Jesus says again in verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Are you keeping his commands? None of us do it perfectly. We all fall short of the glory of God. But is that important to you? Do you love him enough that it's important to you? And do you feel not condemned, but do you feel convicted when you don't keep his commands? Again, in verse 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Love is at the center of it all. You know, and love is a two way street. You know, the Bible tells us we love him because he loved us first. But if you love somebody, you know, think about the first time I remember the first time I I met my wife. She wasn't real impressed with me at first, <laughs> I got to admit. She, uh, you know, she we met under kind of unusual circumstances. Um, 
And, you know, I asked her out and she, and she thought it was a business type thing because we met in business circumstances and and she thought we were just going to discuss something. But no, I said, we're going to dinner. And then and then I was nervous the first first uh, time we went out. And so I talked too much and she thought, oh, that guy's arrogant. And, and at that time, you know what? You know, I pray for humility every day because, you know, pride go before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. But anyway, you know, but I really saw something in my wife. I saw an incredible beauty, beautiful spirit and the lord just put it in my heart that this is was it worth it and so i pursued her you know I, I wanted to get to know her i showed her interest i sent her all i don't know how many flowers in the beginning i, I, I tried to take what was important to her seriously i showed her respect well god will never stop pursuing you are you pursuing him and not just in the beginning, but do you continue to spend time with them? Like we talked about last week, spend, being vertical. If you want to experience the transformative power of Jesus Christ, you have to spend time with him. You have to read his word. You have to, that's the only way you can understand the character of God. You have to spend time in prayer and thinking and listening for his quiet, still voice. You have to spend time in fellowship with other people. Love your neighbor as yourself. You have to pursue him. And the way we do it is by reading his word and living the way, obeying his commands, showing him that we love him. You know, that's that's not always easy. It's not easy at all. In first, first John 4, 8, the disciple Apostle John wrote, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So, you know, we've got a lot of angry people in this country right now. If you're angry and that's that's what's driving you right now, I don't care how righteous you think your cause may be. If you're hating on people, you don't know God because God is love. And I was just listening to Jay Sekulow talk about people protesting in Washington. That's our American, you know, God-given right to protest. But do it peacefully. Don't do it with hate in your heart. Do it with love. You know, First John four sixteen says, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. You can't know God without having love in your heart. First John four nineteen, we love because he first loved us. He breathed life into us. He gave us this beautiful world. Yeah, sure, it's full of trials and tribulations, but it's wonderful. But more importantly than that, he said, if you believe in my son, I promise you eternal life. First John four eighteen, you know, I, I, I may catch a theme here. I'm first John chapter four. What a wonderful chapter. There is no fear in love, but perfect love. Love drives out fear. First John four twenty through twenty one. This is a tough one. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother or sister, we're not talking about your family. We're talking about your brothers and sisters in Christ, whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, maybe maybe you're struggling. You know, maybe you're you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I've, I've fallen short here. And we all have. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. It's a new year, 2021. God's going to bless us this year. God's going to bless the church this year. He's going to use this uncertainty, this time of difficulty to bring people into his kingdom. And that's what we're here for. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. We're his vessels on earth. Use this time to reset. It's a new year. Reset and focus on the fundamentals like I talked about. And it's love, folks. It's love. It's not always easy. But 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, No temptation 
has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Again, back to John chapter 14, he promised the Holy Spirit. When you have love in your heart, you're able to deal with things. You know, if you're depressed out there, praise him. <laughs> Turn on your your radio to, to praise music and sing to him. Praise him. Thank him for what he's done for you. If you have fear, perfect fear drives out. Perfect love drives out fear. There is no such thing as perfect fear. Excuse me. Perfect love drives out fear. If you're angry, make amends to whoever you're angry with. Pray for them and serve the Lord. That'll take away your anger. If you're jealous and you covet things, thank him for what you have already. And ask him for the strength to do whatever you need to do to get what you want. Ask and you shall receive. If it's in his will, you will receive it if you place your faith in him. If you hold a grudge, think of the forgiveness you need for everything you've done in your life. You know, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, forgive your brothers so that your father in heaven will forgive you. You know, what are we talking about love? What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, Jesus showed us all the way to the cross. He loved us so much. God loved us. He sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. There is no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. Jesus says that is love. He showed us how did he treat people as he went around with respect, no matter where they came from, no matter what their background was. That's how we love. You know, the world says, looking at the quote unquote world Oxford Dictionary says an intense feeling of deep affection. Number two, a person or thing that one loves. Here's their example. <laughs> their two great loves are whiskey and tobacco. <laughs> you know, I thought that's a wonderful example for the world Oxford Dictionary to give. And certainly coming from my background, uh, I'm in recovery and I have a recovery show on on uh, this station on Saturdays when we're not preempted by football or basketball at four o'clock. It's called Recovery Radio Houston. You know, I thought those were sad examples, kind of humorous in a way, but sad. His two great loves are whiskey and tobacco. Your greatest love should be the Lord, your God. But what we want is an agape love. That's God's love, the highest, selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love, the G- love that Jesus showed for his father and for his flock. You know, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but there's a, a scholar named Houston Smith, of all places, the University of California, Baker, Berkeley, who wrote a book called The World's Religions, and he compared all the world's religions, Hindu, Buddhism, Islam, Judaism, among others. And what he found is that Christianity is entirely unique. He said, conventional love is illustrated by love between beloved, but the love that people encountered from Christ embraced sinners and outcasts, Samaritans and enemies. Do you have that kind of love in your heart? Smith points out that this novel, unique and radical kind of love, Jesus was a radical man, (laughs) dramatically reduced Christians fears. All the disciples were martyred preaching the gospel of love. Including the fear of death, they were no longer afraid of death because because he gave them hope. It released them from the crippling confines of ego. You know how much our ego has to do with it? You know there are people across this country that are in prison because somebody dissed them, I think is the word, because of their ego. We get upset with people. We ruin relationships. We, we, we ruin our, don't do a good job at work because of our ego. 
our ego, our pride. That's not what Christianity is about. When you really accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, it frees you to pursue the joy of God's love, letting go of your everyday fears. And there are plenty of fears out there. We're in a time of upheaval. We've got a global pandemic. People are out of work. It's a tough time. We've got political rhetoric on both sides. It's more vicious than any time in my life. I mean, probably the most heated since the Civil War. It's out of control. You know, we got climate problems. We got we have demonstrations in our street, and I pray everyone needs to be deep in prayer that we don't have violence in our country. This, this we have a democracy that allows us to have differing opinions and to settle them under a constitution and under the rule of law. We need to keep that in mind. I'm not telling you not to be political, whatever side you're on. I'm just telling you we're Americans. Let's act like it. we're Christians. We're a Christian nation. Let's act like it. Let's show love. If, if people are wrong, let's try to educate them and bring them to Christ through love. We're not going to bring them any other way. You know, we had we went through some similar things in the 1960s. I'm old enough to remember. Many of you may not be, but you've probably seen shows about it. And we went through, there, were, there was a, a big controversy over the war in Vietnam, and there was racial strife, and, and there was all kinds of problems. There was you know, riots in the streets and cities burning. But there was a great leader, a man of God at the head of the civil rights movement, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Dr. King said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. We're not going to win over people by hating on them. You know, and, and Pastor King was a, was a great man of God. He, he didn't just make that up. He got it out of the Bible. If we look at John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. I love the way the Gospel of John starts. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. We will only, you know, our radio show on Saturdays talks about walking out of that darkness and into his marvelous light. I live that. Man, I was in some dark places at one point in my life. But Jesus saves. Jesus is the light. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of the life. Jesus is love. God is love. He is light. Let's be that light to the rest of the world in this difficult time. Let's start 2021 differently. Put aside, Jesus doesn't condemn you. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We've all made mistakes. Getting hung up on your mistakes, that's the enemy talking to you. Shut that voice out and embrace the voice of love. Embrace what he does for you. You know, in 1 Corinthians, there's a wonderful, wonderful thing in, in the Bible that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians regarding love. It's, it's chapter 1, verse 13. He talks about all these things. If I speak in the tongues of men or tongues of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. You can be righteous like the Pharisees were and think you're doing all these wonderful things. But if you're not loving people, you're not walking with the Lord. If I have the gift of prophecy, Paul wrote, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I am nothing. 
I mean, I gain nothing without love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. How many of us live that way with patience, with kindness? You know, I want to apologize to my wife right now. We were tired last night and I I didn't exercise the right kind of patience. And we all make mistakes. So, honey, I'm sorry. I love you. I'm sorry I got a little cranky last night because I love you so much and and I'm going to do better. I'm not going to be impatient. We all fall. But we got to get back up and realize who is our Lord and Savior. Where does he point us? He points us to the light and to love his love. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And then at the end of this chapter, in verse 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I started this sermon by saying love is all you need. And folks, if you kick nothing else from this, embrace his love, incorporate it into your life, show the uniqueness, the radical kind of love that Jesus loved. Love and embrace sinners and outcasts, Samaritans and enemies, and bring them into the kingdom. The kingdom is open to everyone. It's up to us to open their eyes, to show them the love. Love your neighbor as yourself. That means everybody. The Good Samaritan was not an Israelite, was not a Jew. The reason Jesus told that story about the Good Samaritan is that everyone is your neighbor. We need to be the light of the world in these difficult times and bring people to God's love. You know, we'll be back here Monday at 5.30. And we'll be back, we'll be on the radio on Saturday. And listen, you can join our church, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We're a new church plant. We're on, we're on Facebook, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. I preach there every Sunday at 6 p.m. I'd love to have you join us. You can join us love, live, or you can go back and, and look at some of our older, older sermons. New Covenant Church, Greater Heights on Facebook. We'll be back in our building soon. Listen, we love you at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. But more important than that, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Amen. Good night.